FS Uncovered, a podcast of M&M Service Company, serving our customers' needs by providing excellent products, services, and innovative solutions. I'm Kristen Marquis, Marketing Assistant with M&M Service Company. Today I have with me Tony Haber, our Energy Marketing Manager, and Scott Rary, Growmark's Lubricants Division Manager. Thanks, Scott, for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Scott, can you tell us a little bit about your background, uh, how you started in the Romark system, and your path to your role today? So, um, I've been with the Romark system it'll be 14 years in 2007. Uh, I came out of a out of the manufacturing sector. So, prior to working for Romark, I spent 14 years as a chemist with a specialty materials manufacturer. Three years as a project manager working in the automotive and, and power generation industries, and then three years as a chemical manager at an Eaton transmission facility in Iowa. Um, when I was with Eaton, uh, I, I uh, met Larry Williams, became familiar with McAllister Oil. Uh, they supplied some of our fluids to us, and then eventually in 2006, Gromark purchased McAllister. Eventually, they recruited a, a plant manager, so approximately six months afterwards, and I interviewed for that position and accepted it. Later on down the road, Larry uh, he had the opportunity to retire and said he was going to take that, retire, that retirement, and I assumed the role technical director for Gromark uh, Lubricants. And then, kind of a short three years, it seems like a whirlwind, Craig Stout made the same decision and decided to retire, and uh, I interviewed and was hired as a divisional manager. For Gromark. So, uh, last man standing. I guess I'm, I'm the only one that's not old enough to retire out there. <laughs> okay, so today uh, we're going to talk about lubricants, and you're the lubricants division manager, so you're the guy to talk to. Uh, so, can you tell us about the Council Bluffs plant? Sure. Uh, you know, the Council Bluffs plant is. Um, approximately 156,000 square foot manufacturing facility. We have uh, 1.5 million gallons of storage capacity. We receive raw materials via rail transport uh, box truck, and that's all dependent on the usage level or the production requirements of our products. Our facility is considered a batch blending facility. Uh, so we employ six independent blenders and have the capability to blend products and volumes from 220 gallons to 8,000 gallons. We utilize eight production lines within the facility, packaging finished lubricants and containers, anything from quartz to full transports at this time. Uh, something we're very proud of is the Council Bluffs operation is an ISO 2001 2015 certified facility and with a, a fully operational quality control laboratory and quality system. Uh, with the help of 27 full-time employees working uh, two shifts five days a week right now, we produce uh, a little over 5 million gallons of finished lubricants in 2020. Um, I can't say that if something someone is interested, uh, there's there's a good uh, tool to get a better in-depth look at the Council Bluffs facility, and you can you can find a video or uh, a virtual tour of the facility on YouTube by simply searching FS Lubricants, we blend it, we back it. So that'll give them a visual of some of the things that I talked about. That's interesting. Scott, you just you just said you uh, we blend it, we back it. 
Um, I know that's kind of a, the, the phrase that that a, a grow mark that gets that gets that gets used. Um, why, why is it important that you know our, our customers, your customers, know where that product comes from? What what do you what is that that phrase that statement? What does that mean to you? It means that we're we're really trying to build a relationship with our customers, Tony. I, I think it's important for for consumers or customers, and I don't really like the term consumers because that kind of degrades the position of customer. But we're and I think it's peace of mind. But more critically, we all like to know where the items we purchase or the items we use come from. Uh, we blend and we back it is, is always it, it's all centered around transparency, support, and and technical assistance. Okay, uh, if if you were to call me and ask me a question about our formulation, what it can do, I'm, we're going to give you a transparent answer. It may not always be the answer that you want. Sometimes you know, but it's going to be a, a forthcoming, transparent answer. No. It, Gromark manufactures M&M's oil, which is it, kind of a unique situation, but that translates into M&M being the manufacturer of their own oil due to the cooperative system in the Gromark system. You know, we, we maintain a rigid sampling protocol, inclusive of keeping retained samples for up to 18 months. If you yourself or one of your, your employees or your salespeople have a question about the quality or about the date or anything that the performance with the ability to trace our product all the way back to the, the original raw material receipt. And this traceability includes, you know, we can go back and identify the day it was manufactured, the production line it was manufactured on, the production operator responsible for producing the product. And we back all of this up with the communication that we give with we blend it, we back it. And in support of that, we've developed very significant relationships with our suppliers that allows us to, to build performance into our products exceeding the industry standard. So our target is not the specification. Our target is to exceed the specification. Um, we rely on their support and the application of our products. Um, and we have backing in all aspects of production marketing from our from our suppliers. And this differs in a way that from some of the other players in the industry, uh, producers concerned with just moving volume or blending simply to meet the specification. That's their goal. You know, they, they want to throw out, you know, millions and millions and millions of gallons of oil, sell them, and never have them go back. They drag down costs, they squeeze additional margin out, and they make it up in volume. Uh, jobbers or local representatives that buy only on price, uh, they, they can't answer the simplest questions about the product, about uh, a situation a customer may be seeing. And I mean, it, it, it's a little bit of a, it's a little bit of, of looking towards the long-term value of the relationship as opposed to the short-term, you know, uh, uh, minor increase in margin. And, uh, that, that's who we want to be. And, and I always look, I always think from a perspective of can, can we make a cheaper oil? Absolutely. What do you want me to take out of it? You know, what do you want us to take out of it? What do you want from that standpoint? But if, if, 
if you start to have that conversation, then the concern I have is if, if you look at what it costs to buy a, a new car today, and let's say, Tony, that you, you buy a new car for $40,000. That's a little above, above my price range, Scott. <laughs> I, yeah, I know. <laughs> well, there's people price ranges, I think. <laughs> These cars now, are, they're becoming extremely uh, advanced technologically in hardware, and we all have these little oil change lights that come on now in the new cars. And, and they're based on, on an algorithm. The, the general public seems to believe that the car is monitoring the condition of the oil, which is a, a misperception. The algorithm is just measuring data points on the driving, uh, on the driving variables. So, you know, it monitors driving conditions, it draws conclusions from these data points, and then it tells you it's time to change the oil. But what it, it can't take into uh, account, or it doesn't know, is what is the quality of the oil that is being used in the engine? So it's just looking at how you drive. It doesn't know the quality of the oil that was initially put in. Um, it doesn't know whether it just meets the specification, whether it exceeds the specification, whether it's built to perform above and beyond what that algorithm will uh, expect an oil change to be. So if, if you have that, if you're starting with a cheaper oil, you can think about it. An algorithm will tell you to change your oil every 5,000 miles. So over the first 150,000 miles that, that you have that car, you're going to change the oil 30 times. Now, for a high-quality oil, you may change, you may pay a dollar or a dollar fifty for a gallon. And if you consider the average sump of a car is four quarts, this really calculates out to only thirty to forty-five dollars more in maintenance costs over the 150,000 miles. Um, or if you're buying the cheaper oil or the, the bare bones oil, 30 to 45 dollars in savings. That's 30 to 45 dollars savings on a 40,000 dollar investment. You put it that way, that's a no-brainer. <laughs> well, it's a long-term approach and then let, <laughs> let's, let's, let's take a look at our agricultural equipment. You know, that's 10 times the investment. Well, what we really want to do is build a relationship. We want to protect the longevity of our of our customers' investments. So over the lifespan of that piece of equipment, we want to protect that investment. Uh, we want to provide peace of mind, okay, for the customer. And if you're going to do that, then transparency is everything in that relationship. So we blend it, we back it. We blend it, we control the quality, we have the chain of custody, we back it, we're transparent, we talk about our capabilities, we go over used analysis with uh, our customers. We want peace of mind for everybody that's doing business with Growmark Lubricants. You know, it's got this day and age, you know, that level of transparency. Um, I, you know, we, we hear it and then we applaud Growmark for, for that and, and just the level of quality. That, that continues to come out on uh, a day-to-day basis has truly been impressive. You, you talked about the Council Plus facility, you know, the sheer size and scale of it, and then you also mentioned, you know, just kind of the, the, the way technology is changing in, in cars. You know, the last few years, we've, we've seen all the different, uh, you know, the SKUs, the different synthetics and synthetic blends. 
what, what challenges does Council Bluffs and, and, and you have uh, with all those new products kind of seemingly hit, hitting the market all at once? Significant challenges, but uh, I think I, 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 I group them into, into two different uh, two different challenges that we see. Um, and the first one really applies to new product development. Uh, we're, we're continuously, excuse me, continuously investigating new chemistries and componentry and evaluating products that have been recently introduced or will be introduced. Um, it can be extremely difficult. There, there are times where, you know, we're talking to several different suppliers and trying to find the solution to a product that's already been launched. It, it requires a lot of determination, but it, it, it's also important to understand that we only hear a significant amount of information on the products that are developed, that are tried to market, that are successful. So you also have the variable that we have to determine whether whether the product's going to be viable and marketable uh, in, in the industry. And it's it's really not uncommon for a new product to be launched and to fail. Uh, you know, you, you'll see some interesting things. The latest one I saw was a 10W40. We've seen 15W30s that came out in 2016 that you just don't hear about. Uh, they failed. The 1040 is still um, is still a little bit new, and I don't know. And I, I don't expect it to make a big impact because it's simply the, the 10W is simply on the, the cold side. And if you're blending a high quality 15W40, there just isn't a huge advantage for the 10 1040. Um, and then you ask yourself. Like with the 1530, why wouldn't you just go to 1030? With the 1040, why wouldn't you just go to 10? So there's there's a lot of things going on, but we can't spend a significant amount of time on products that are going to fail in the market, or we're just using energy that can be better served in a, in a different area or in a more critical exercise. Uh, so th- that's that's one challenge for us. Um, the second challenge is, uh, you know, where the life cycle of some of the products that are still produced in Council Bluffs are extremely long. And even with 156,000 square feet and the, the, the production lines, you know, resources are a limiting factor. So decisions have to be made, you know, on the longevity of, of older product life cycles. And, you know, it usually includes the elimination of some products in order for us to move on to the new products. And which, you know, for a customer, for the, the vast majority of people, that's really something they never even noticed. But for that, that you know, that one or five or ten customers that are still purchasing the product that, uh, that we're going to eliminate or the SKU that we're going to eliminate, I, I think that that's a conversation, and it's not always an easy conversation to have. But you have to find a, you have to find an alternative uh, solution for it. So those are the two things that the two challenges I see with new products coming onto the market. Absolutely, uh, telling someone that you know they, they, they no longer we no longer carry what, what we've been selling them the last 20, 30 years. That's a that's a difficult, difficult conversation no one likes to have, for sure. 
but no, that's, I mean, that sounds like, you know, you guys take a tremendous amount of thought that, that goes into, into those decisions. You know, and again, like, as we see the technology increasing in vehicles, when you look out in the future, uh, the next five, ten years in this industry, in this marketplace, uh, what, if anything, that's, become, you know, coming out has you excited or, 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 or kind of thrilled? Well, I, I think that the biggest change that we're seeing, and this has been consistent over the past couple years, is the push to lower viscosities in engine oils. And they're, they're solely driven by fuel economy and emission standards. I, it, it is just my humble opinion that this will continue to be a long-term transition. Uh, but it interests me, you know, how far we can push the, the engine well and the performance of the lubricant. And where is that tipping point? Where is where we extract all of the efficiency out of the lubricant? At what point in time do we reach that? And then, you know, is, 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 the, is the consumer ready for a 5W30 diesel engine oil? Or, you know, or a 0W30 diesel engine oil? You know, and we see uh, in some foreign manufacturers the use of zero W eights in, in passenger cars. So they, they, we're getting we're getting uh, getting very thin to squeeze a tenth of a mile per gallon out. You know, so that's that's a really interesting conversation. And, and every chance I get the opportunity to sit in on on a white paper or or listen to a speaker that's working on that, I, I take that. Um, that's that's an interesting one. Um, an exciting one is, uh, exciting one is like what's happening in hydraulics. Okay. Um, you know, OEMs are, are starting to, to value, uh, to look for specialty hydraulics and to value multi-viscosity hydraulics. And, and, and really not only in the traditional sense, but it with some serious upgrades to the physical characteristics and performance expectations. So, yeah, you know, we recently upgraded the MBI hydraulics to an exceptional shear stability. I, I really feel like that was a win-win uh, because we were able to do that and, and provide a, a better product to our customer at the same price point. And that's, that, it just doesn't get any better than that. You know, you, you don't increase the cost, but you're saying, here's an improvement, and we have the data to show that this works better, and, you know, and, oh, by the way, it doesn't cost you anything more. Uh, I'd like to do that every day of the week for the rest of my career with Grimoire. <laughs> uh, but uh, some of the other things, you know, some of the, the really cool things that are happening, and, and maybe maybe I, I'm getting a, a, a little too nervous here, but, you know, we're in the incorporation of more uh, polymethacrylates in, into our raw materials and into our uh, our hydraulics, and you know, I mean, if, if you get a chance, take a look at at our FS synthetic hydraulic XT46. Okay, the, the product has an exceptionally high VI of around 220, and we got to do some some chemistry stuff. You know, some of that that stuff that you the rest of you probably don't want to hear about, but we. we we incorporated a new uh, group five base oil into that product, so we have an isopropyl oleate in that product, and that's the first time we've used that at Council Bluff. So, 
So, you know, maybe that's not what excites everybody else, but, that, you know, that kind of stuff excites me. I'm, I'm sorry if I got a little bit too um, in the field there. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Well, lubricants is not something that everyone thinks of as important or they need, but they are needed to make our machines work, our vehicles move, and to function like they should. Scott, one last question for you. As an industry professional, what advice would you give someone who's trying to establish a career in your field? I think I, I guess my primary, the best advice I could give somebody is to love the science. The industry is not going to be any less complex. And if, if you love the science, or even if you don't love it, if you like it a lot, um, and I don't mean necessarily just necessarily the chemistry. You know, I mean that's that's what gets me uh, motivated and going. But in just the science or or the engineering aspect of, of the equipment and what the lubricants doing, it, it, that provides a basis for success. You don't have to be an extrovert. You just gotta you gotta love looking into and digging into some of these things. And, and I don't want anybody to to let the technical aspect of lubricants scare them away in any way whatsoever. They shouldn't. You know, from a sales production management perspective, it, it really, when you have that aha moment, it's really cool to understand the technical aspects of our lubricants. Um, it, it's kind of one of those things that when you find, when it finally dawns on you and you start to get, sink your teeth into it, you find that there's, you know, 40 other things that you can sink your teeth into. <laughs> so don't, don't, yeah, don't let the, don't let me talking about isopropyl oleate scare you and back you away from lubricants. So. Scott, I mean, listen to you, uh, on the, on this podcast, uh, your level of passion, you know, just for the for the industry and what you do comes out extraordinarily well. Uh, I just want to thank you for your time and, and thank you for that. As, as, a, as being a member of the Promark system, I'm glad uh, glad you're where you're at doing what you do. Uh, before we let you go, gotta act, gotta gotta ask you one last thing. Uh, you know, we're sitting here, and I, and I know you're you're up there in Northwest Iowa and. Uh, Southern Nebraska, and uh, we're sitting here in Southern Illinois, and you're going to say, yeah, you guys don't have winter down there uh, versus uh, versus what you have. I've got family up in Northwest Iowa. They remind me of that all the time. <laughs> uh, but we, we're, we're, we're in springtime now. Uh, give, me what, what, give me your underrated, overrated uh, aspects of spring, just in general. Underrated, overrated. Underrated is is everything coming back to life, Tony. It, it just, I mean, it, it makes it easy to be outside. It makes it easy to take a drive. Um, overrated, <laughs> I don't. Uh, overrated is it's too damp. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so, so your overrated part is you can you, you can finally it's finally warm enough to be outside, but given when it's wet, you don't want to be. That's what I would say. Uh, and spring's a new beginning, and uh, I, I do love spring. Um, but boy, when the, the humidity comes back and you, you get those cool nights and things like that, and it's raining here and there, 
that's, that's a hard thing to, to work through as well. So There you go. I like it. Okay, well, that is all for today. Thank you guys for joining us. Uh, this has been FS Uncovered, the podcast of Eminem Service Company. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Podbean or your supported podcast app. Thank you.